Welcome to Limited Time Only, the podcast for anyone who feels there aren't enough hours in their life. Limited Time Only is a mix of chat, comedy sketches and interviews with interesting people. We hope that we will make you smile, laugh and feel a bit brighter about the whole life, death and everything in between malarkey. Essentially, we're dissecting the human condition, just using a rubber chicken rather than a scalpel. I'm Esther and I'm Susie and And this this is Limited Limited Time Time Only. Only. This week it's time for Jiggly Bits. Wobble wobble. Oh, Esther, I haven't got any ideas for this week's show. I feel completely uninspired. Oh, sure. Esther, what are you stuffing into your mouth? A bit of Lady Macbeth for inspiration. You're eating the works of Shakespeare? No, I'm eating a delicious bar of Lady Macbeth dark orange chocolate from Sweet Theatre. I've just finished off Alice in Wonderland. Even the artwork on the packaging is beautiful. Mm, Is it helping? Indeed it is. Here, have a little nibble on Oscar Wilde. Mm. That one's gin and tonic flavour. Yum. Have you got any more? Um, um... Esther, have you eaten all the sweet theatre chocolate? Should I exit stage left? Yeah, I think you should. Sweet theatre. Chocolates with drama. Available online at sweettheatre.com and in participating theatres. If Esther hasn't eaten it all... Susie, 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 ah, um, <laughs> love that song. Tell me about your body. Oh, talk, well. Talk to me about your body, Susie. <laughs> I'm, quite, <laughs> I'm, I'm quite shy. I don't like <laughs> to talk about it. I'm picturing you just covering little bits of you now. <laughs> yeah, they are little. Anyway, we're not going back into that. <laughs> not all of them are little. Um, yes, well, I, I've been thinking recently about, you know, how... Um, contrary to all expectations, I am actually aging. Oh. Um, it, it's it was a shock. It's not and, happening, uh, Suze. It's not it's happening. Not, <laughs> it's not what I was expecting. No. Um, and uh, but indeed, my body is telling me, "Yep, you are getting a little bit older, there, Suze." And um, and there are little signs, some big signs, <laughs> popping up. Uh, and my body is. Um, I'm I'm now having to treat it more as a temple than yes. it was before. I mean, yeah, early late teens, twenties, early thirties, <laughs> pretty much just putting anything in it. I mean, that sounds really rude. It does. Well, you know, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> I'm talking, I'm talking alcohol. Yeah, um, McDonald's. I'm, a lot of McDonald's. I mean, I'm I'm still a bit partial to uh, Mac- Mackey D's every Mac-D's. now and then. You know, I, I do love a bit of netball, Esther. You do? I've spoken about netball on this show and um, it is the light of my life, uh, along with your, your good self, of course. Um, <laughs> and your husband um, and your children. <laughs> yeah, and, and then. Um, but actually, I am about to play netball tonight for the first time in... Hang on a second. <laughs> in four and a half months. Gosh. Um, and I haven't been pregnant. It's because last time I played, towards the end of the match, I was, I was having a very good match, very enjoying it, leaping around all over the place, catching the ball. And the last time I caught the ball was after nearly 40 minutes, nearly the whole game, I heard an audible pop. Like a... Oh, Ooh, that's the best one I've ever done. Hire <laughs> <laughs> me for popping sounds. Um, and and I, I was mid-air and I... It was a weirdest sensation and I dropped to the ground and sort of <laughs> gripped the back of my leg and looked up in anguish and the umpire said, did you hear a pop? And I said, yeah, what 
what is it? Oh, <laughs> and um, they knew, she knew, and several of my teammates knew immediately that I'd torn my calf muscle. Oh, God, I'm slightly sick yeah. in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was the weirdest feeling I've ever had. And um, I basically couldn't walk. So my calf muscle had torn. I couldn't, I then therefore couldn't put my foot down flat on the ground because I couldn't extend that that calf muscle. If you rupture or tear your Achilles, that's quite serious. And you're, you might have to have an operation. So it wasn't as bad as that, but it was pretty bad. And I couldn't, I couldn't put my, my heel down for about two weeks. So I couldn't, I couldn't get around. And it was very, very painful if I accidentally straightened my calf. I had to have physiotherapy and, you know, keep it rested. It was meant to be just keep it rested, keep it elevated, take paracetamol and it took about six weeks to fully heal even then i've been very very careful and it gets i have noticed it's quite stiff now and it's that thing of isn't it when you're a kid or when you're younger you hurt yourself it's all right you you heal but as you get older you hurt yourself you're screwed and i think that's why we become slightly more boring like don't leap over that because if i injure myself i'm gonna be sore for a long time absolutely yeah it's completely sensible i mean and yeah you take longer to heal yeah this injury that i got is also known as tennis leg Oh, right. And it's basically, it's because it, it happens a lot with sports like tennis and netball and basketball where you're doing jumping, you're changing direction quickly, stopping yeah. and starting. And it's also very, very common in middle age. <laughs> Which we're not at yet because I'm going on 225, so I've got Absolutely. ages. Yeah, I've got ages. I'm like, I'm, got ages. The, I'm a mere chit of a girl. <laughs> chit. You said chit, right? Chit, I said chit, Yeah. <laughs> It was a wake-up call, that's for sure. Yeah. It was, oh, oh, right. So I can't just not do any exercise for the entire week. Turn up in the middle of winter and just play that ball yeah. without warming up. Yeah. I mean, we used to warm up as kids. Well, I don't know what I was thinking. And and actually, last week, another one of my teammates um, did rupture her Achilles. So I am now on a mission to warm up yeah. before I play. My husband is awaiting knee surgery and he's been waiting it for quite a long time, actually a couple of years, but obviously there's stuff going on. But he did his knee in when our daughter was born. He He's really um, physical. <laughs> so is he? Very physical, man. Physical, uh, <laughs> physical. I want to get physical. Let me. Let's get into physical. <laughs> And he um, played football years ago, and he's not a footballer, he's never been into football, he's a cyclist, he's a runner, he's uh, that kind of thing. And um, mm. somebody, one of his mates who's a rugby player, sort of went to tackle him and he, and he it just changed direction and his, his leg went, oh God, I had to go and pick him up and he was completely grey and he said, I can feel it all moving oh. around. And um, he oh, had to have God. surgery and then he didn't play ever again until one of his mates turned 40 and he said to me, oh, there's a five-a-side football match, um, my mate's down from York, um... I don't think I'm going to go because I'm just really worried. And I went, don't be daft. I'll take you. Just go. It's like a little kickabout with your mates. Just don't get too involved if you don't want to. You don't see the lads very often. Come on, let's just go. And he's like, oh, oh, I don't no. know. So I said, I'll, you know, I'll drive you up. So I drove him up. The game was to start at two o'clock. I got home about two-ish because it was only ten minutes away. And at five past two, my phone went. <laughs> and he went, oh, it's gone again. And literally oh, no one no. was anywhere near him. He just changed direction. <laughs> and it just went again. And um, he's awaiting knee surgery again. So, um, yeah. I, I shouldn't tell you that, should I? You're like, I'm nervous to go back to netball. What if it happens again? Well, it does. Well, you know, if it happened again, that that would be it. Oh, for me that would be so sad, but though. If, but if I warm up properly... Yeah. 
and don't just like slam straight because yeah. I literally do nothing I walk yeah. I walk the children to school yeah. I walk up and down the stairs and then on a Tuesday night I'm just leaping around <laughs> running like a gazelle <laughs> that's how I like to think of myself anyway and uh, you know change the direction boom 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 oh, you don't get the ball <laughs> um, it's probably I mean it's probably about half the speed I think it is in my head yeah I, I just can't I just can't do that no so I'll let you know how it goes well I think this is why I sort of adhere to the no exercise rule <laughs> Well, actually, I do exercise a bit, actually. I do do yoga, and um, and I do that a lot more now. And I walk the dog for, like, an hour to an hour and a half every day. But I, I, I really... I can't exercise at the moment, which is really annoying, because I used to go to body pump, and I... <laughs> Mm. it's very carry on in my head this morning (laughs) in the last few years I can't sweat because if I sweat my eczema flares and my eczema's been up for about the last three years anything that involves a lot of physical activity that brings a sweat my face breaks out in a rash and it burns it's so horrible Oh my god! It's awful. Esther. It's so horrible. I'm, 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 oh, very unusual. I, uh, well, I did speak to somebody about it, and they said it can be quite common in people with eczema. But I didn't have mm. eczema for about twenty years. I had it as a child up until the age of about twenty, and then I didn't have it until I turned forty. And then it came back, and I'm waiting a patch test to find out what I'm allergic to. Your own sweat? Yeah, and it's just my face. It's not my body. So I'm waiting patch tests to find out what I'm allergic to because I saw I've seen a dermatologist. This is so ridiculous. Even in the summer, I was wearing sunglasses and I'd go for a walk and, you know, you're in shorts and a T-shirt, whatever. And I'd get home and because your face gets a bit warm, where the sunglasses would sit on my nose, there would be a rash. <gasps> so I, I, it could be plastics that I'm allergic to. They think it might be plant stuff, but it's my face that suffers. Oh, gosh, that's awful. It's really So annoying. basically you've got out of playing netball. Well, I like netball, though. I actually did some yoga this morning and then... Even that, I got my face started to burn. So I went and did a two minute cold shower and it completely sorted me out and um, I felt euphoric afterwards. How about you get some sort of contraption (laughs) that you wear on your head (laughs) with loads of fans around it? So as you're exercising, it's just blowing cold air at your face. That's a really good idea. It could be like that. It could be like the guy from the Goonies. And I could have loads yeah. of fans coming off a hat. Yes. The thing is, I can't splash myself with water as well because when my face is burning, water on it hurts. So, I mean, it's so it's so ridiculous. I was I watched things now. What did we watch not long ago? Gillian Anderson was having this shower looking fabulous. And I, and I was just like, oh my God, look at her just letting water on her face. <laughs> She's so lucky. She's so lucky. Aww. Hopefully I'll get it sorted. That's why you're such a... A lovely person, isn't it? Because simple <laughs> pleasures like having a shower and and getting water on your face give you such great pleasure. It's kind of nice in a way. I was supposed to have a patch test last year, but again, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on and, and I'm not top priority. But I'm going to have to have it for a week. And um, I've got to go and they, they put loads of little pinpricks all over your back. And I'm not allowed to shower for a week, so I'm really going to appreciate a shower at the end of that. I can only sort of have a flannel wash. A lick and a promise. My mum calls it. Oh, I've never heard that. A lick and a promise. A lick and a promise. And then on the Wednesday, you go back in and they check them. And then you go back in on the Friday and then they see if you've reacted. But the dermatologist did say to me, um, you might not react at all because it's only it's only seven days. And if your back doesn't tend to react anyway. Can't they just do it on your face? No, because there's going to be hundreds. Oh. It's literally going to be top of my back to my lower Oh, my God. Okay. So, yeah. Can I can uh, see that would be awkward. You won't be able to do body pump. Nobody pumped for me. But I do like a weight lift. Oh, well, this is good because 
this is something I need to start doing because that's the other thing I've noticed. I feel quite weak and pathetic. Yeah. And as a as a woman of a certain age, <laughs> thirty two. A child, a chit, a girl. Yeah, women particularly need to start doing weight-bearing exercises after the age of forty. I'm yeah. just determined to start this, and I keep, I keep not starting it, talking about it, but not doing anything. And we haven't got any weights for a start. And yeah. I think I'll lift a tin of beans. T- tin of beans isn't that heavy, really. <laughs> No, but I suppose if you do like 200 repetitions, then it would hurt. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose so. But I think it's got to be a certain weight, doesn't it? I mean, you can do light stuff, but yeah, but I I did actually say to my husband before Christmas, because I say he's quite um, physical, and uh, I'm just going to keep saying that for my own amusement. My husband's very physical. Um, Keep him away from me. (laughs) But he... He, um, I said, will you be my personal trainer? I said, but I'm going to have to give you another name because I'm going to hurt you if, if, it's, if it's just you. If it's just you, Ian, because I will take it out on you. What's his name? Uh, I'm going to call him Stavros. <laughs> Stavros Stanford. Stavros Stanford. And um, I find it difficult to fit in going to the gym. Mm-hmm. But I do like doing stuff at home. And um, so I said, will you draw me up a, like a weight-bearing thing and make sure I do it. Mm. But I did, yeah, I did stipulate you you can't be you. I'm going to have to think of you as somebody else because otherwise I'm going to swear at you a lot and I'm going to pinch you yeah. and I'm going to be really petulant about it <laughs> and I'm going to call you names. And um, so he has drawn me up a little plan. Have you done it? started before Christmas doing some stuff and um, and he said, do you want to start now? And I said, yeah, I'd rather just get into it now. Um, but then over Christmas, didn't do anything and haven't restarted. Come on, Stavros, get on it. Come on, Stavros, push me. That's what I want you to do. I want somebody to be accountable to other than myself. Yes, that's the, that's the good thing about personal trainers or, or exercising with a friend. Yeah. We could potentially get on Zoom and weight lift together. Yes, we could. <laughs> we could. <laughs> I was talking to somebody about the podcast and they didn't realise we aren't together. I'm in the Midlands and you're in London and we've never recorded in the same room together. We've never met. We've never met. <laughs> I don't know who you are. I just no. liked you enormously. I swiped left on you, or is it right? I don't know. I've never been on the old Tinder. I don't know. But I swiped, and, and then here we are. Here we are. Zoom weightlifting together. It's true what they say. The hard part is getting on the mat, isn't it? But once you've done it, yes. you feel brilliant. And then once it's part of your routine, then you miss it if you don't do it. And the weights are so important because of our muscle density reduces as we get older. Yeah. And keeping you strong and straight and keeping your bones strong is really important so that, yeah, you can play netball. <laughs> you yeah. can do a little jump. And if you fall on some ice, you're not going to smash your hip and all that stuff it's, it's funny watching my kids on ice because they're so fearless and they're just skidding everywhere and yeah. i'm like bambi i'm really tentative and yes. skidding and they're just sort of walking quite normally then if they slip they're not worried they just they just get their balance back but i'm like oh my god i'm gonna die no our balance is all over the shop now i mean as you know from my um horrible spinning oh, yeah. incident where i felt sick for 72 hours Susie went on a fairground ride last year and felt nauseous for 72 hours. When I do yoga now, I do try and, when I do the balance poses, I try and shut my eyes a bit. Yeah. Like standing on one leg. It's really hard. I'm quite good at yoga because I'm hypermobile, so I don't find it incredibly challenging. All right. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love it. Don't, I, don't, I don't find it all easy, but um, I like... 
I went to a class and I can, you know, get my leg round your head. Yeah, <laughs> I'm quite, <laughs> I'm quite bendy. Um, but, yeah. um, but I can't. I've noticed that balances. I'm a bit rubbish at now, and um, I wondered if that was a metaphor for my life. <laughs> Not very balanced. You're off balance. Well, I know it's it's an age thing. Yeah, it's your it's your inner oh, ear. Christ. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting this, you know. Like I knew I was going to get older, but but not for another forty years. <laughs> and, and suddenly, and like all these things that I was always adamant I would never do, like I'll never get Botox and I'll never get filler. And oh yeah. Suddenly, I'm noticing like oh, there's a bit of a jowl, and because my ex has been flowing for the last two or three years, round my eyes has aged dramatically, and I'm like, oh, I might put a bit of filler in that. And actually, look at Nigella Lawson; she's sixty-two and she looks like a goddess. And whatever work she's having done, she looks fabulous. Yeah, but and- she is on telly with all the lights and the, you know. Yeah, yeah, but still, there's there's nothing, there's nothing to sag in there. It's all oh. beautiful, delicious. The woman just looks incredible. I know, she is great. But I'd probably end up looking like the Bride of Wildstein or something. <laughs> That's the worry. I mean, I've noticed I've got receding gums, I've got receding <laughs> hairline, I've got receding eyesight. I've not got bifocals yet. Yeah. I've not gone that far, but they've given me a little boost, apparently, at the bottom of my lenses. Yeah. I was like, I don't want a boost. I don't want to have a boost. Just leave me alone. I just want to to be able to go out, get smashed with my mates, sleep for three hours, have a Mackie D's to make myself feel better and just jump up and down without having to worry about it. We interrupt this programme with a U-bash. In a recent survey, 97% of people interviewed said they wanted to change at least one aspect of their appearance. The other 3% said, on account of all the Botox. Goodbye. Forget about drinking. I am pathetic. How are you? I cannot... Well, in the summer, as you know, I'm a bit partial to a, a lager shandy. Yes. <laughs> on the beach. And actually, I was all right with that in the daytime. Maybe daytime drinking is just oh, what I should be doing. It's the way forward. I had lager shandy over Christmas when I was in, in Birmingham. And I felt absolutely horrendous. Oh, really? One pint of lager so it's not even a full pint of lager because it's got a considerable amount of lemonade in it (laughs) oh my goodness i felt like i'd been out on the lash i felt like i'd been clubbing i felt dreadful susie you've just got to drink through it and toughen your liver up (laughs) (laughs) is that your advice dr stanford that's my advice basically that's the irish side of me talking just drink through it susie it's just because you're not used to it anymore you just gotta toughen that liver up we always say that we would rather go out in the day now. We would rather go out for lunch and have yes. a really nice, slightly boozy lunch and mm. then come back and be on the train out of town when everybody else is heading in for their night out, back in our pyjamas. And then we've, you yeah. know, we've had water, we're, we go to bed, we're completely fine. Yeah. I'd rather do that now than go out in the evening. Do you find that more than ever before, when you've been out, you know, you've been to the shops or something, Maybe you've been for a walk with Nancy and you get back and I just really need a cup of tea and a sit down and probably a couple of biscuits. Yeah, I find about four o'clock, if I've been on the go all day, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm done now. I literally, that's yeah. it. I'm, I've got no that's more it. energy left. I'm just, I'm just going to park my bum on the sofa for a bit. The other thing I've been thinking about recently is my <laughs> pelvic floor. If you've had, if you have children, your pelvic floor has had a bit of a pummeling. Anyway, and, the, and the, just the weight of keeping that all in. <laughs> so you need to do pelvic floor exercises throughout pregnancy and after giving birth as well. But generally, I mean, w- women, we all... Piss ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter if you've had children or not. We need to <laughs> brace yourself and whoop, lift up 
Imagine it like a jellyfish. This oh. is a, <laughs> lifting it up and <laughs> um, and what we're, we're not taught about this stuff. No. And I always think, you know, back to school and what we're taught about our bodies is incredibly minimal. Normal, natural bodily functions weren't really taught at my school anyway. And it's like, you know, strengthen your pelvic floor because one day your insides might fall out. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. But no, no, hang on a second. Let's not do that. Let's learn about photosynthesis for 15 weeks instead. Let's do that. Yes. And let's not learn about how to do tax return. Let's oh, no. Let's learn about algebra or so- Sokotoa. Son? Son? So- what is it? Costansin. Cos- you know, all that I don't know stuff what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did that. Oh, Matt, I've, I've wiped that. I've wiped all that from my... It's gone. ...very small brain. But no one teaches you how to do a tax return, do they? No. No, and and they should do, because I, I find it offensive to do my tax return. <laughs> I'm like a child. Don't want to do it. And my husband has to come in and chivvy me along. Come on, just do half an hour, and then you can go outside <laughs> and play. <laughs> it's literally like that. Don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. Not fair. So boring. And, um... <laughs> Yeah, and in fact, after after we've done this today, that is my um, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do at least half an hour of my tax return, and then I can go and go on the trampoline and uh, strengthen my pelvic <laughs> keep floor. Insides in, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I feel really? I don't know what it is about doing your pelvic floor exercises, but they make me really angry. Oh, they're not they're not pleasant. No, they just make me really angry, and I become quite petulant about having to do them. Yeah, and I don't do them as often as I could uh, or should. But you should and. Uh, yeah, I know. Oh. My greatest fear about getting older is um, having a prolapse, a complete, oh <laughs> complete prolapse. Because I remember hearing about prolapses a number of years ago because, and the concept just totally blew my mind and I couldn't oh. fathom that that could actually happen. And indeed it can. And then after I gave birth to my second child, I had a prolapse, not an oh. enormous one, like, you know. <laughs> The whole womb didn't didn't come out, but yes. it, but it was serious enough to be quite traumatic. Um, yeah, and it was it was rectifiable, uh, and I did all. It my, was, I was what re- recti what <laughs> rectifiable? No, didn't come out of a rectum. <laughs> no, I was able to fix it. Let's let's get it. And um, and it's okay now. I do consciously. So if I'm doing breathing exercises or. I don't know, sitting doing something tedious like my tax return. <laughs> I might do a few... Um, Clench away. Yeah, I watched some videos, YouTube videos once. It was an Australian sort of physio uh, and she was great. And she was talking about imagery that would help. So you did it the right in the right place. So you're pulling the right muscle. And it's imagining the pelvic floor as a, as a jellyfish is a good one. So sort of rising yeah. up. And what was the other one? Like sucking something through a straw. <laughs> So you're pulling up. <laughs> okay. Just really image, funny images in my head. <laughs> okay. uh, I like the jellyfish one. That really helps me to visualise yeah. what I'm doing. And I can see this sort of dome that I'm pulling up. Yes. I just don't want to have a prolapse. Thank you very much. No, I, 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 it's not something I think about very often. I know I should, but I don't know why it makes me so angry when I think about doing pelvic floor. I'm so, I'm really petulant. I'll do your pelvic floor exercises if you do my tax return. I'll take your tax return. Honestly, I don't mind the tax return. I like organising stuff. So I'm quite happy to do the tax return. I sort of quite enjoy it. And I'll do your pelvic floor exercises. Yeah, please do. Because I would love if someone else could do them for me. Good, wouldn't it? Get Stavros to do them. Maybe there's some kind of... um, (laughs) Some kind of... (laughs) Stavros. I don't want to think about that. The other thing that has started to um, shock me slightly, the fact that 
I am definitely in perimenopause. My periods are a bit all over the place. Weirdly, hadn't had one for about four months and went to get a smear test the other day. Joy of joys. Always something to look forward to. And I told the, the nurse that I hadn't had a period for ages. And then about two days after the smear test, my period started. I don't know if it's coincidental. Oh, how it's like they they reawakened it. Do you think? <laughs> had a little, little prod and it went, oh. You see, I quite like a smear. I'm quite partial to a smear test. I mean, what? A smear test and a tax return. I'm your oh, lady. I, 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 I don't know what to say. <laughs> why? why? I quite, I quite, I, I leave with a little bouncer. Do you? <laughs> I mean, where have you been getting your smear test, Esther? String fellows. Is that not the place you go? Don't you get to string fellows for a smear? <gasps> string fellows. Does that even exist anymore? <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> Legs 11. <laughs> Legs 11. No, I don't, I don't mind them. I, I, I don't know what it is. I'm not... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> I do sometimes even though it's bringing my Is it because you're, you're sort of reassured in some way that, you know, you've, you've done something no, good for yourself? like that. No. <laughs> I think it's more the dormant... <laughs> Awoken. <laughs> you basically like having your cervix prodded, is that it? <laughs> I really wish I had not said any of this. I just don't. I just can't. I, I think I'm just... But it, I, I, Well, but... what the nurse said to me, which was very nice, was, well done, you've done something for yourself. You know, you've done something good for yourself uh... today. And I was like, yes, I have. <laughs> well... Let's just hope it (laughs) comes back with a negative. Yeah. But yes, it is good to do it, obviously, every three years. But it's not something I actively um, seek out and enjoy. Oh, no, I don't seek it out, but I'm not terrified or horrified. No, I'm not terrified of it. I just sort of... And to be honest, I didn't feel a thing Um, (laughs) this time. And I think that's probably down to the two children. Two children. It's like, well, all right. Have you done it? Have you done it? I'll put my pants back on then. Um... Well, you know, I think our attitude to our bodies is quite healthy. Although I wish I'd worn a bikini more when I was younger. God, I wish. I look back now and I was like, girl, you were in good shape. I do wish I'd not been so self-conscious when I was in my teens and 20s. It's like they say, isn't it, that Baz Luhrmann song, everyone should wear sunscreen. You don't appreciate the power and the beauty of youth until you're older. But not that I was going to walk around in bikinis all the time, but I just, I would be quite self-conscious. And now I'm like, my God, if I look like that now, I'd be straight in the pool and, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not bothered anymore. And I used to be so bothered about the thought people yeah. might be looking at me. And most of the time they're not. Because now I'm, you know, now I'm older. I'm like, well, I'm not looking at anybody. And even if I am, I'm barely oh, no, thinking I'm about looking. I'm not thinking. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm just yeah, no, I'm but... just sort of inquisitive. Of course, of course we look we look at people and, and that's the thing. You're not gonna be able to stop people looking at no. you. Everyone's got a fantastic body. Everyone listening. Yeah. Your body is fantastic. It does incredible things. And even if you are getting a little bit older, we are still absolutely fantastic. Yes. So let's go out there in our beginnings. <laughs> In a brave quest to discover what on earth has been irritating her, Esther gave her body over to medical science. This is what happened when Esther became a patch test dummy. Day one of the patch test today, I had 220 patches taped down on my back from the the nape of my neck to the top of my hips. Um, I'm being tested for loads of things because I react to lots of different things. Um, Plants, cosmetics 
plastics, toothpastes, etc., etc. So they're covering all bases with me. And I'm so delighted because I started itching in certain spots immediately, which is really good because I was told by the doctor, by the dermatologist, that I might not get a conclusive result because the patches are only on for five days and some people don't react that quickly to them. So I'm hopeful that I'll get real clarity from this and real confirmation about what I'm allergic to. Um, Over the next five days, I'm not allowed to sweat, wash my hair, have a shower, have a bath stretch move my body too much so I am thinking I'm going to put an Instagram post out just to let people know if they see me in the street and they chat to me I'm sorry (laughs) this isn't what I'm normally like Um, because I can't move much leaving the hospital yesterday was hilarious I found it quite amusing just trying to get into the car to drive myself home sort of one leg going in I felt very basil faulty day two of patch testing Um, I actually managed to sleep really well last night, which I'm so surprised about. Um, I had to wear quite a tight top and um, sleep on my back with my arms across my chest, a bit like Dracula, but I slept. And we had a good giggle last night as well because my daughter had to help me change my top and brush my hair because I can't brush my hair. So she kept calling me her doll in a slightly sinister fashion. Day three of the patch test and the novelty has very much worn off. (laughs) I didn't sleep last night. I could not get comfortable. I was so itchy. But I'm going today and they're going to take part of the patches off. I just want them to do it now. Ah, For the love of God, get it off me. It itches. Day four of the patch test. I slept much better last night, which is good. But I'm still really itchy. I've just been left with tape covering strips of numbers that correspond to which patch was where. But the actual patches themselves have been removed so that I've got a couple of days to react, basically. Which I already have started to. So, fingers crossed. I am nervous because they have said they might not be conclusive results. And then I don't know what I do. Day five, and I have just been, and I have my results. It turns out that I'm allergic to chrome, which is in loads of things you wouldn't expect, like tanned leather and phones and stuff like that. That's a proper full-on allergy and explains why my eyelids were splitting at times because chrome is in a lot of mascaras. Who knew? Why do they put chrome in mascaras? God only knows. But also they've said, I I am, I am very irritated by fragrance, Um, but those are only irritations. So if I can keep my skin clear and free of irritations for quite some time, then it will heal. It is sensitive because it is constantly being sensitized and so it's getting worse because it's never getting a chance to heal because anything that says it contains perfume or parfum or an essential oil or anything like that is triggering me. So I've just been to Boots to try and buy some shampoo. They do not make shampoo that doesn't have perfume in it, or an essential oil, or limonoon and limoneal. I'm not supposed to have those things, so I think I'm going to start my own brand. But I'm so happy that I've got some results, and at least I know what to do, and it's really encouraging to know that, apart from the chrome, I can 
get better with all the other stuff. Although I can't be around scented plugins or fragrances, which I don't tend to have in the house anyway, because I know they can set my allergies off. But um, I'm going to have to kiss goodbye to the scented candles for a while and my perfume, which I'm gutted about because I very much have a scent that I'm known for. And I don't feel like I'm dressed unless I have a little squirt of perfume. Anyway, we've got some results. Patch test diary over and out. I'm going to have a shower now. Woo! So you're here at Body Swap Shop to change up that body of yours. That's right. I fancy an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, you're a bit Nokia 3210 at the moment, aren't you? Don't worry. We can reboot your booty, streamline your visible panty line and wrangle those cankles. Great. How does it work? You pick an area you want to improve from our extensive menu and... Following a teensy-weensy operation, you walk away looking like a new woman. Once the swelling subsided, in about six weeks. I'm not sure what to go for. It's difficult to choose. Your body is a smorgasbord of disappointment. But Body Swap Shop is here for you and your chubby tum-tum. Thanks. I do have to warn you, though, that all our treatments come with side effects. Oh, like what? Swap your bingo wings for toned upper arms. That comes with a touch of daily acid reflux. Say goodbye to cellulite, hello smooth thighs and ingrowing toenails. If it's a single chin you want, you also have to take a phobia of door handles. I see. I suppose no body's perfect. But I reckon I could live with those things to have the body I've always wanted. In that case, I can offer you our full upgrade package, the body of a wag. Yes, please. What's the side effect? (laughs) It won't matter. It's got to be worth it. An unquenchable desire for Boris Johnson. Nah, you're all right. I think I'll just go and buy some Spanx. (coughs) Esther. Yes, Susan. We are going to play a new quiz, obviously, called... Mundane Medical Problems. And this rather fabulous quiz involves me giving you the official medical term for a medical problem, which is very likely to be Latin. Oh, Carpe diem. <laughs> oh, hee-haw. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rodney. <laughs> Rodney. And, uh, <laughs> some SS, some, some and some else. <laughs> and you have to tell me what the colloquial slang term for that medical problem is. Okay. Using the powers of your mind and deduction. And can I actually verbalise this or do I just need to send it Mystic Meg style <laughs> <laughs> Just using the powers of my mind. Just telepathy. <laughs> really good podcast experience for everyone just some telepathy going on here no you can actually speak and we're going to play now the inaugural round of mundane medical problems (laughs) here we go let's do this the first one is synchronous diaphragmatic flutter Oh, synchronous stuff. Oh, that sounds gorgeous. Well, you're very clever, so I think you're going to work. I think you'll work some of these out. Well, is it is it a hiccup? <gasps> Esther! Is it? Yes! <laughs> well, a diaphragm flutter to me. Yes. Yeah? You are is that right? very clever. <gasps> I'm very special. <laughs> I'm seriously impressed. So, so when you have hiccups, you could say, uh, I. Uh, I'm sorry, I have a synchronous diaphragmatic flutter. <laughs> Emma Thompson would put that in a, in a restoration script. That's absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> they, oh, they have these in Jane Austen. Yes, um, they do. In Jane Austen. Ta- take me for a turn around the room. I've got a something diaphragmatic <laughs> flutter. Yes. Okay, well done. I ingested too much cheese. I mean, <laughs> ingested. 
<laughs> through my pores. Um, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna score this today because I, I fail frequently to give you any marks at all. So you have one point. I'm quite excited that I got that right. I'm just. I'm shocked. Um. Okay. This. <laughs> not to be rude. Okay. The next one. I'm. I'm gonna cross them off. Is horripilation. 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 Um. Horripilation. Oh, horripilation. How are you spelling it? So it's it's ho, ho, as in not a whore. H o double r i p i lation. So I'm going to say it again. Horripilation. The epilation bit is a bit of a clue. It's it's hair. It's, it's ha- something to do with pulling hair. Something out. to do with hair. Horripilation. Um. <gasps> is it an infected uh, uh, hair gland? Way more boring. Oh my oh, gosh, okay. I've had a, a shock. Shuffle. Oh, close. A boil. Someone has walked over my grave and I've oh, got... Oh, I've got a shiver. When your hair stick up on the back of your neck. Yeah, sort of. But how? Do, what do you call the little bumps? Uh, uh, prick, uh, oh, goosebumps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get, oh, <laughs> yes, goosebumps. <laughs> Not goosebumps. Get really stressed. Horripilation. Horripilation. Oh, you've made me go all horripilation <laughs> When you kissed my neck. <laughs> Saucy. I don't know why everything is northern in my head. Everything is northern. It's, it's more fun. Um, it is. Okay, next one. Orthostatic hypotension. Okay, so that will be something to do with your your bones, won't it? Surely, ortho. Oh, orthostatic hypotension. Cramp? No. I'll give you a clue. Oh, I'm just having a nice sit down. Yeah, hang on a minute, I'll just stand up. <laughs> the, the the power to stand? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, I feel all funny. Oh, uh, um, uh, a giddy spell when you stand up. Yes, a head rush from standing up too quickly. Head rush. Orthostatic hypertension. That makes sense, actually, the hypertension. Yeah. I don't get the first bit with it, but the hypertension, I get, no. the sort of the rush. Orthostatic, I don't know, maybe you were still... Oh, yeah. I don't don't know. Any doctors out there, you can tell us. Uh, okay, this is your, a nice your one. Your parents. Maybe my parents. <laughs> Hi, guys. Ask your mum and dad. <laughs> well, this, in fact, that's a good segue. This is my mum's favourite word, I think. Oh. Um, borborygmy. Got a bit of borborygmy. Oh, I mean, it sounds lovely with a cup of tea. <laughs> well, it might happen after a cup of tea. Oh, uh, borborygmy. Well, a wee. <laughs> no. <laughs> if it happens after a cup well, of tea. You might have a cup of tea and too many biscuits. Oh, or that might be the solution. A cup of tea and a, and a few biscuits. Uh, Ooh, borborygmy. Borborygmy. I have literally no idea. Oh, oh, t- uh, like that t- tummy gurgle. Yes, the rumbly tum-tum. <laughs> rumbly tum-tum. Borborygmy. A little bit of borborygmy. That's my mum's favourite word. That is a good word. There you go. Right, next one. This is pretty... This is a bit bit more disgusting one, slightly. Okay. It's unguis incarnatus, which is Latin. Unguis incarnatus. Is it a Harry Potter spell? Very close. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, can you say it one more time? Unguis incarnatus. Now, incarnatus is a word that's often found in songs... Uh, written in Latin um, about death, usually of, yeah, death and uh, 
reincarnation. Um, um, so is it part of you dying? <laughs> it, is it gangrene? Gangrene mundane medical oh my God. Is it gangrene in your toe? Yeah. I mean, a, a gangrene often described as mundane. I mean, yeah. not, not a big issue. Having a limb just dropping oh, off. No idea again. Oh dear, I was flying at the beginning and I got really overconfident. No, no, you've done all of them. Um, so oh, okay. well, let's just tell you that incarnatus means flesh. Okay. And okay, I'll tell you what the... So unguis incarnatus is Latin for nail in flesh. Oh, and you tear a nail out. Sort of, but your nail's in going in the flesh. Oh, ingrowing toenail. Yes. Oh. I mean, we're learning something. We are le- I mean, I won't retain any of it. Well, but it's... Uh, on some level, I will. Yeah. If I... If, if, have you ever seen the film Limitless, where he takes a tablet and he can just remember everything and he's, has that extra super brain Ooh, power? No. You know, it's stored in there somewhere. Yes. It'll be somewhere in the back of my You'll mind. You'll know that incarnatus means yes. flesh. Unless it's a date, I don't really retain anything, to be honest with you, if, Unless it's someone's <laughs> birthday. <laughs> I don't retain it. Okay, uh, let's do another one. This one, you might get this one. This is medial tibial stress syndrome. Remember, it's a oh, mundane okay. problem. So that's, uh, your tibia is in your leg, isn't it? Yeah. Been for a jog, I've got medial tibial stress syndrome. So is that just a cramp? Sort of, but it's specifically front of your leg. Oh, shin spins. Yes. Oh my God, I am more clever than I thought. You're really very clever. Thanks, babe. Okay. <laughs> All right, this, this is a good one. This is crepitus. Crepitus. Is that crepey skin? <laughs> No. Toilet um, action. No. <laughs> Toilet action. I've done a crepitus. I've just got to got to nip off for a crepitus. Uh, I had no. a big meal only a massive crepitus. <laughs> the word decrepit goes back to the same root. It's Latin. Well, I thought that with the crepit that that would be sort of like crinkly skin when you get old or... It's it's from the Latin for rattle or crack. <laughs> oh, uh, when your bones crack? Yeah. Oh, my spine does that a lot. I can turn to the side and it goes pop, 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 pop all the way at the back of my spine. You've got a bit of crepitus there. i got a bit of crepitus. <laughs> I diagnose crepitus. Crepitus in my back. <laughs> okay. This one is morsicatio bucarum. This is really hard, actually. Morsicatio bucarum. Let's give you a clue. Cardio is actually with the heart. No, it's cartio. Okay. cartio. Oh, cartio. No, not the heart. I'll give you a clue. Mmm. Really, really delicious. Ca- oh. oh. Indigestion. Oh. No. Um. Ow. Choking. Oh. No. There's something in my mouth. Toothache. No. <laughs> um. Bit your tongue. You bit something. Uh, your cheek. Uh, yes. It's, your wow. che- it's cheek biting. It's the bit of flesh that then sticks out and you keep biting it. Oh, my mum used to do that. She was always nibbling the side of her mouth. Ooh. So it's a yeah. morsicatio bucarum. Wow. I must remember these and then just drop them into sentences <laughs> yes. casually. Yeah. Flummox everyone. Um, okay, I'm going to give you one more. Okay. I haven't kept any of the scores, by the way. Oh, for the love of God, Susie. I mean, I'm just going to say you got them all right. Yes, let's do that. This is the best one. You might have at some point, and you've probably had this and we'll experience it again, Sven... Goran Eriksson. Sveno... Sven Goran Eriksson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to experience Sven Goran Eriksson. Thank you very much. Nancy Delalio can keep him. It's when somebody sucks your toe. <laughs> 
Um, it's a sphenopalatine ganglioneuralgia. Oh, a ganglion in your hand. No. Hang on a second. It's a, I've got a bit of sphenopalatine ganglioneuralgia. Oh, neuralgia is your head. A headache? Migraine? It, yes. It's a headache caused by something in particular. Uh, alcohol. Just a one. A oh, oh, uh, brain freeze from an ice cream. Yes. Oh, that's so much better than Sven Eriksson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I have that quite a lot. And do you find when you get that, I have to suck the roof of my mouth really hard to try and make it pass? Ooh, and that helps. I've not tried that. If I warm the roof of my mouth really quickly, it tends to alleviate the symptoms of Sven... Svenpalatine ganglioneuralgia. Oh, palatine as well. Yes. yes. A neuralgia. Yes, of course. Headache, palate. It's, it's, she's so clever. But I, t- I tend to find that going... <laughs> is what I do. Um, Massively <laughs> helpful. Thanks for tip. So there you go. We have learned some Latin. Yes. And we have learned that our Monday medical problems are anything but... 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 <laughs> but... <laughs> Well done, Esther. Thanks, babe. You've also proved that you are incredibly bright. Well, I mean, it did need proving, to be honest. <laughs> we have finally proved. That I have some brain cells. A few. A lot of brain cells. If I'm walked through it. <laughs> no, I mean, come on, give yourself some credit. Yeah, man. That was, I, that I, was I, tricky. I smashed it. Smashed it out of the park. In a small village behind a hill in Wales, a collective of disaffected bottoms live without fear of ridicule. Founded by Tushy Hind at the tail end of last year, Booty Camp has become a refuge for bums from all over the UK. We spoke to Tushy to get to the bottom of it. I lived with my owner for 43 years. The first couple of decades were great and then the bottom started to drop out with things. She never said anything nice about me. I was too fat, too big, and the knickers she used to squeeze me into. I was either being sliced in half or suffocated. Eventually, I thought, I'm not sitting for this any longer. So I shuffled off, flying by the seat of my own pants. And when I realised there were other disgruntled shunters like me, I founded Booty Camp. Rear, I found a load of junk in this trunk. Give me a sec, Tushy. I'll come and shake it. Hi, I'm Ria. I ran away after one too many bums and tums classes. I was in constant pain. Tum was a bit of a glutton for punishment, so she enjoyed the classes. But I thought, you know what? You can stick your aerobics where the sun don't shine. I bumped into Tushy when I was in a real hole. She said to me, Ria, you must turn the other cheek and leave the past behind behind. Now I run therapy sessions for bottoms affected by aerobics. My clients come away from my sessions saying their trauma has been re-ended. I'm so proud. Here at Booty Camp, bums the word. The bottom line is, don't be an arse to your arse. Inspiring words there from Tushy Hind. Don't miss next week's programme when we visit Bingo Wings the founder of an upper arm commune in Richmond-upon-Thames. Goodbye. If you do want to turn your camera off, that's totally fine. Yeah, I'll see how it goes. I quite like being able to see a face. Yes, it's quite useful when you're talking to... If um, nothing else, just so I can tell that you're not going... (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm asleep. I've left the room. <laughs> and gone up to the toilet. <laughs> Going to make a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Has she stopped talking yet? Can I come back? For this episode, we wanted to talk to someone who had experienced challenges with their body. So today's guest is the fantastic Fran Puddick. After 15 years of debilitating periods, finally, at the age of 31, Fran was diagnosed with endometriosis, told she was in early menopause and that she would not be able to have children. We talked to Fran about how this diagnosis affected her, the effects of menopause at such an early age, her journey with IVF and what a partner of someone going through the menopause can do to support them. We realise that this sounds like it's going to be a really heavy conversation. But Fran is incredibly candid, funny and real. And there is a lot of positivity throughout. We all hope that this conversation can raise some awareness and bring a bit of hope to those who have had similar experiences. Welcome to the show, Fran Puddick. Tell us a little bit about how everything started for you. I'll try and I'll try not to miss anything out. Um, So I always had incredibly heavy periods. Um, You sort of laid up for a good couple of days, lots and lots of pain. And it was undiagnosed for a really long time. It's the standard kind of response you go you go to GP and I, well, that's a period, isn't it? Get on with it. And um, yeah, and it had always been, that had always been my experience. And um, right up until essentially we were trying to have a baby, my husband, Al and I. And um, after a couple of years of trying, you go through the standard process of seeing your doctor and then you get referred and finally um, got to see a consultant who did some tests and scans and opened me up for the first time, first of many, and diagnosed me with endometriosis, which is much more common, as you said, than, than you think. And I had this moment where I thought, oh, thank God, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not weak. There's not, you know, I'm, I'm not overselling the, these, these symptoms. It's, it's endometriosis. And and this kind of went from there, really, at that point of first diagnosis, I was um, opened up a couple more times oh, and, um, yeah, essentially told that I was in pre-perimenopause, sorry, premature perimenopause. I, I'll probably get all my terminology wrong. You'd think after the best part of 13 years that I would know all the, all the terms, but sometimes I get them really mixed up. But yeah, so I think I was 30, 31 when I got that diagnosis. So it was a long time to kind of wait for a, a proper diagnosis. And I think it's really interesting that you kind of have to wait until you're attempting to be caught, to give birth, to have a baby before yeah. you kindly, you, you finally sort of taken seriously. Mm. So, so yeah, that was my first diagnosis at, at 31. And I think it's kind of mad, isn't it? That And, and, and I think it's so common and I don't know whether it's it's a woman thing or, or it's an everybody thing, but the fact that you start to doubt yourself and you think, oh yeah. God, am I? do I just really milk it? Am I the same as everybody else? But yet I find this really difficult. And then suddenly somebody tells you, oh, it's this. You can mm. breathe a sigh of relief and think, I'm yeah. not just being a wimp or or whatever. And And so what was the next step after that then? Yeah, so at, at that stage, um, I'd had um, keyhole surgery and then the full car roof cut you open surgery to to kind of have initial treatment, and we sort of sent on we were sent on our way again, and um, probably uh, two years later, 
no, probably it wasn't that long, I'm sorry, more like a year later, went back for uh, more surgery and was told at that point that actually I was properly perimenopausal and my ovaries had completely stopped working. Okay. Everything was kind of all stuck together and they, they freed it up, but essentially everything was too damaged as a combination of the scarring from the endometriosis and the sort of attempts to treat it. And at that stage, as I say, I was told I was perimenopausal not producing any any eggs at all or mm. very rarely producing eggs and was recommended that I went on HRT first and foremost because I was so young and when you are that young and um, you go into any kind of perimenopause the unless there are particular medical reasons for you not to not take HRT it's much much safer for you to have it um, because of all the because of all the issues particularly around bone density there's a whole raft of reasons um, around why you need it and, and what the risks are associated with not having it so yes I went on to combined HRT at 31 I think I was and was told at that stage that the only option to have um, to carry a child was to have that through um, donor egg so at that point, went on a waiting list to receive a donor egg with a fertility clinic. So did the endometriosis cause the, the early menopause? Yes, in my case, it did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely did. It, it was the, the, the 15, 18 years. And that's, that's a very long time isn't it, to be to have that undiagnosed? Yeah. Was that, was that quite uncommon? No, I, my understanding is the average diagnosis time for endometriosis is seven years. Right. So, you know, if that's the average, what? Yes, what yeah. I mean, I say 18 years, you're kind of talking about when you're a child and you're having periods and you kind of don't really know what the gauge of painful and non-painful periods yes. are. And, of course, obviously it's cumulative, so it gets worse over, over a period of time. But I suppose I first started going to the doctors about painful periods when I was about 15. So oh. let's say it's, it's 15 years sort of oh. undiagnosed. Um, but again, you just you get on with it and you do what well-meaning say, oh, just ring it off, you'll be fine. But to get, <laughs> but every month to have that. Yeah. Not not even taking into account the, the fact that you're then going into perimenopause and but that having that pain every every month yeah. that, that you're going so bad that you're having to go to the doctor from the age of 15. Yeah. It's yeah, that awful. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it's really shit. <laughs> it's really quite shit. With being told you were in perimenopause mm. in your early thirties, how how the hell do you deal with that? Because that's quite upsetting, well. particularly when you're trying for a child. <laughs> Not well. Not well. There was there's, there's there's definitely two different periods. Probably a year when I first found out, and there's this thing, isn't there, that you're meant with them rabbit marks you're meant to be able to do and now there was that was going to be incredibly difficult so Mm. there was there was the kind of the thought process around that and probably if I'm honest that overrode what perimenopause you know what what consideration I gave to that first and foremost I guess coming to terms with menopause came a little bit later on first and foremost is about the fact okay yeah babies are going to be incredibly difficult um then I'm quite kind of not methodical but I'm quite kind of what's the issue in front of me I've got to kind of deal with that that's my drama right now so at that point in time my, my drama was around dealing with what having children look like and how awful and uncomfortable and stressful that was going to be and whether or not it was ever going to happen mm. <clears throat> so 
that was the I think that was the main thought process there um and as I say you sort of sit on sit on the the list and slowly move up the list and you do all your research around what um what donor egg IVF is and how that might make you feel and what sort of connection you're potentially gonna create with the baby that you're carrying that has no genetic link and that's there's still echoes of that there now I'm not I'm not gonna lie um but at the time that was my, my focus more than anything and dealing with the menopause kind of came secondary to that mm. I reckon. with that diagnosis of the perimenopause had you been experiencing symptoms that you thought did you have an inkling that it was that that was what was going on or no it was almost was like yeah for me it was almost like this you're gonna you know we we're diagnosing with perimenopause and then they snuck up really quite soon after that and oh, so right. then you start um maybe I just hadn't noticed them you know maybe it's as simple as that but then you you know you kind of start getting the the standard ones that everyone's familiar with which are uh, the hot um, hot flushes nights where it's a bit of confusion um and then over a period of time you realize that there's such a massive range of symptoms anyway that you couldn't you can put anything down to to the menopause (laughs) at any point in your life have have you gone through the menopause fully now are you out the other side yes yes so um i i had my little girl i was 34 um through don't egg IVF very lucky work first time we were just yeah it's amazing it really really is amazing I love telling everyone about it because that's incredible isn't it yeah magic yeah it is yeah it's literal it's 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 magic you know this wonderful amazing woman somewhere has surrendered given up some of her eggs and gone through the really uncomfortable first stage of IVF as well that's the bit where they jab you with the needles and you have to take all the extra hormones to kind of boost your egg production so this amazing woman has gone through that part of the process and given us her eggs and we were so lucky and it worked first time and now we've got an an eight-year-old so did you with that did you get you got given all of the eggs how i understand it is her eggs were divided between two couples or and and so we got three three bible eggs i think we had and um so we used one first time and the others went in the freezer and for us after we'd had our little girl we had a long discussion about whether or not we're going to go through it again and and in the end we decided not to but um yeah so we got three from that from that process and you'll never meet this woman you don't have any details about her or anything no no we know nothing about her um Marnie when she is a grown-up I believe can go back to the fertility clinic and there's like a trade of letters. It's terrible, isn't it? I should know all of this inside out. It's such a critical part of my life. Well, when you're a mum, you've got other things to think about with a baby. Yeah, yeah. But I think there's also a bit like, right, head down, let's just go through this and yeah, and, and just kind of focus on on just just smashing through these walls and I'll worry about everything else later. Yeah. But yeah, when she's 18, she can start to do an element of research and the way the law works in this country, if she wants to, she can um, reach out to this woman so um, that's something to potentially look forward to or have a meltdown about depending, <laughs> on, <laughs> depending on how I feel or how we feel on any particular day so that's going to be yeah. interesting yeah. but she knows Marnie knows and she's she's always known um, kind of how she was conceived and how she came to be and there are some great books that you can 
personalise and read, read with your child to help them understand the process and how it works and she's got she's got books around that how amazing that you were able to have her how brilliant isn't it yeah how fantastic that we've come forward to this point now where you if you really want a baby then usually not i know it's not successful for everybody but there can normally be something done about it and that's so special so precious yeah absolutely and um i was i think i'm a month younger than louise brown i think her name is so she was the first world's first IVF baby oh, and I kind yeah, of think wow. yeah yeah not not that I have an intrinsic connection with her in any way but I just think if I'd have if, if it would have lived 20 years beforehand or none of these diagnoses diagnoses would ever have happened and the support wouldn't be there and so I'm dead dead grateful for that I'm pissed off about it as well of course I am because yeah. you know can be pissed off about it but equally there are, there are so many parts of this I feel dead dead fortunate for and about yeah that you got you got your little girl yeah yeah how long would you say you you were in perimenopause so this is the so i suppose pe- the, probably people listening who well nobody talks about the menopause no they don't. perimenopause so no. so these sort of these um these phrases might not or these words might not mean anything yeah um, to some people so how yeah um the perimenopause is the period stage of life before you go through the menopause which which is when you have no more periods that's it isn't it the day you've not had a period for 12 months yeah 12 months I I was out with some friends on Saturday I said how long do you reckon girls we'd had a couple of drinks obviously um how long do you think the menopause lasts and there were a few guesses around the table I was like you're all wrong it's 24 hours and then yeah yeah so it's the the the, the you have perimenopause menopause for 24 hours da-da, party oh, wow. and then post-menopause for I don't know maybe the rest of your life I don't think so um but yeah so the menopause is the day that's 12 months after the last time you had the pit had your last period so I was perimenopausal for another oh gosh right 31 through to 38 so as soon as I'd kind of had money I had to go back onto the HRT probably she was about six months old um because you can't breastfeed and also have HRT so I, I sort of lasted as, as long as I could before it's just like I'll oh, get this baby off me it's too hot I'm sweating um and so went back onto the combined HRT which itself sort of produces a cycle so I'm still having heavy periods and still having quite a lot of pain and probably after 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 she was probably about four I'd, I'd just had enough because it, it was ridiculous I was still having really heavy periods I was still in shit loads quite frankly shit loads of pain but I've got the reproductive system of a 90 year old it was ridiculous what was yeah. the point in having this stuff inside me it was just so painful and causing me yes. so much grief but it was of no use to me and so I uh, went back to a, a consultant a different one and begged begged for a hysterectomy um and it took some convincing I'm not gonna lie it did take some convincing but um yeah I had my hysterectomy when I was 38 or was I 39 39 I'm sorry I was 39 and then of course that's it straight into into the menopause and right. straight on to um onto estrogen only HRT hope I've got the right way around so I've been in menopause now for four years. So perimenopause yeah. and then menopause for a day yeah. and then post-menopause yeah. for however long it, yes. could, it could be. Yeah. I, I read that the average length of the perimenopause is four years, but it could be up to 12 years. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there's good news there, women. <laughs> and then menopause... <laughs> 
<laughs> what are you going to get? And menopause is one day. Yeah. And then post-menopause, as you say, it could be kind of the rest of your life. And have, have, have you, because you went back onto the HRT, you yeah. went on HRT quite quickly after the hysterectomy. Yes. Yeah. Um, when you're on HRT, and we'll, we'll talk about HRT as well, because I think that's it's quite an interesting topic. Um, do, did you actually, ha- have you had any of the symptoms of post-menopause or are they sort of avoided by taking hormone replacement therapy? Not everything is avoided, but I think the ones most commonly associated and certainly the ones that I felt most on a day-to-day basis way back when. So again, that's um, those are hot flushes, which are impossible to explain if you've never had them. They're so hard to explain. Hot flushes, sort of night sweats, absolute, complete knackeredness. The sort of key ones on the whole, I don't get them, no. And I'm also, um, I don't get mood swings and I'm Mm. quite quite calm and steady and I I love HRT I absolutely love it um I don't like how much I've spent on it over the last 12 years I only found out last week that um in England it's paid for on prescription in Scotland and Wales it's it's not a paid for prescription it's, it's not they don't pay for it oh really it's ridiculous because every single woman on the planet presuming she lives long enough is going to is going to experience you that's it's absolutely going to happen exactly god willing we will go through the menopause yeah. surely we want to go through it because that means that you've yeah. not died prematurely i don't mean to be clever about it you know it's the same as having to pay for uh, tampons and sanitary towels so the this is this is just and this is a human yeah. function oh my god i didn't even realize yeah. that that it's prescription paid prescription no, I didn't until last week. It hadn't even occurred to me. I should. I, I used to be incredibly annoyed about paying for my prescription when I was on a combined prescription because it counts as two. So it's a bit like when you take the pill, it's on a 28 cycle and uh, some of the days of that cycle are a slightly different tablet, which means it's two prescriptions in one. So you're doubling up your prescriptions. So that used to drive me around the bend. And I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd get really annoyed about that. Yeah, now it's just a, a single prescription when you're in menopause. So how much have you spent? I, I calculated it for you. I spent something in the regions of £600 in the last, what is it, 12 years? What were we talking Yeah, 12 or so years. £600 for being a lady. For being a lady, yes. But equally, I've not bought tampons for four or five years. So, you know. Well, swings around about. <laughs> So HRT's made a huge, huge difference to your life, hasn't it? Yeah, I I love it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, for me, I suppose it, I suppose for me, there's there was very little choice in the matter. Yeah. The medical advice is when you're that young and you start on early menopause, you take it. And I can't imagine not having it now. Mm. I can tell if I've if I've missed a couple of days, it's very rare that I do, but perhaps if I go in, I've left my tablets behind. I can feel the difference in my body. I probably wouldn't be able to describe it particularly well, but I can feel the difference. And that's why it's quite frustrating. I think that there's a bit of a, or it seems to me there's a bit of a reluctance to take it, have it, prescribe it. Um, I don't understand that, if I'm honest. Well, I think, well, I actually watched a documentary that Davina McCall made recently and it talked. She talked about HRT, and and I think it was it was a good, about twenty thirty years ago. There was a study that linked incorrectly linked 
HRT mm-hmm. to an increased risk of breast cancer. And that, and apparently, I mean, I think it was like three in five women stopped taking HRT mm-hmm. overnight. Yeah. And there's still that kind of reluctance. But the, but the study was incorrect. The, the, the results the, they were they were looking at were from women over the age of 60 right. who weren't really um, so affected by the menopause anyway at that point mm. at the postmenopause so it was it was an incorrect sort of result um so they weren't the target audience they weren't no they weren't <laughs> so because they, they kind of lumped everybody into that those yeah. figures and they hadn't got the results yet for the for the younger women um but but the, this documentary said that without hrt for for women um in postmenopause or, or perimenopause there is an increased risk of diabetes heart disease osteoporosis even dementia alzheimer's yeah. yeah um so and also that because one of the symptoms is is um is low mood isn't it and yeah, um uh, and that that um antidepressants are often prescribed if you go into they the GP. Are. and they they're are. not they actually aren't helpful for women who are who are not depressed they're not nope. diagnosed with depression they they have they are going through um yeah. the menopause a friend told me the other day that she'd had it rec- she that she'd had antidepressants recommended to her specifically for the two weeks around her period it doesn't make sense it doesn't does it it really doesn't because aren't isn't the point of antidepressants that actually there's a kind of pres- a, a build-up yes. of those um the, the chemicals in your body so stopping them and starting them start, that seems really unhealthy it just wouldn't to me. work it wouldn't work would it because like, i think you do have to take them for a period of time yeah yeah exactly obviously not medical professionals here but um certainly from my experience i i think hrt is fantastic and i still re- i find it really sad that it's sometimes perhaps treated as a last resort or why should it be why if you know this this and again, I can only speak from my experience. To me, as far as I'm concerned, it's a wonder drug. It doesn't solve all of the things. I still have words constantly dropping out of my brain. Maybe that was always there. I'm going to continue to blame it on the menopause. Um, but just on a day-to-day basis, kind of having that stability of mood and the, if nothing else, the not being embarrassed about some of the um, symptoms that menopause creates when you're, perhaps sat trying to be professional at work or nobody wants to be sat there wafting paper in front of their face today or you know wiping sweat off their brow um so just those two basic elements hrt helps with those yeah and 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 the lack of you know the hot flushes and the night sweats and then the being tired yeah it's just how are you supposed to function properly and if you can have something just to balance your hormones out there's min there's there's minimum 33 symptoms associated with the menopause in some studies there's as many as 39 and they're so wide and varied and everybody experiences it incredibly differently don't they and we're all expected to just get on with it, are we? And also, you kind of go, it's me, and you're powering on with it. <clears throat> but before you know it, some of these things, for some people, some of these things could get to the point where they're so bad because you're just carrying on, and then they get worse, and the symptoms get worse, and you just, you're just plodding along. And at some point, it's just too much. It's just too much to handle. And like I say, I think in, in so many ways, my, I've been really fortunate to have gone through it in the way that I have because immediately from the off because I was young it's like you're going on HRT 
And every, every three months you see a clinical nurse specialist talk about the menopause because of your age. None of those things have been offered to any of my friends who are now catching up with me in terms of in terms of kind of perimenopause or menopausal symptoms none of and and i know the pandemic has a play uh, has a part to play there but equally that wasn't necessarily something that people didn't have to fight for 18 months ago how do you think your husband's handled it um i don't know It's, it's really hard to say he um at different points i've kind of shoved the symptoms list in front of him and at other points um, it's I, I suppose because I've just kind of got on with it he's just kind of gone with it I think he would probably say that my sex drive is not what he would like it to be and I, that's definitely related to um, the menopause and being post-menopausal but there are lots of solutions out there that we won't discuss on a podcast <laughs> another type of podcast <laughs> another type of podcast <laughs> um, I think again because it's because if you like um being postmenopausal for me has been part of a process that started with fertility you know 13 14 years ago he's been there all the way and so kind of knows that it's it's another block in the path I guess um I don't know should we get him on and ask him no we can't <laughs> next week we'll be talking to Fran's yeah. husband <laughs> He would die. He would die inside. He's he's just really supportive. That's and good. He always has been, yeah. and, and, he, and he always will be. What do you think a, a partner or somebody in a lady's life who is going through this a can l- do to help a lady? A lady's life. <laughs> a lady's life. <laughs> um, what what could they do? I think just not belittle it. More than anything, not belittle it mm. because it. It is and can be horrible mm. when it's not just the physical symptoms, but it's the generations of perception that that come with something like the menopause. That not only is it like physically life changing, that actually there's this connotation that once you get there, you're in some way on the on the scrap heap. And I know that perception is changing significantly, but it's not changed yet. And so. I just think be supportive of the fact that maybe they are going wild and maybe they are panicking and maybe they are freaking out and just recognise it. Yeah. Thank you. That's such a good place to finish. Um, Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. Oh, thanks very much for having me. You know that phrase, it's not the winning, it's the taking part that counts. Twaddle, my thoughts exactly. So this season, we thought we'd spice up your lives with a bit of a competition. Booyakasha! There's an actual trophy up for grabs. Boom! How do we win? Well, each week, we're going to ask a question on the social medias. The best responses will be read out in the following week's episode. And the writer of the very best audience story of the whole season will win the trophy. Ooh, I'd better get writing. No, no, Esther, you can't enter. What? That's absolute bull... This week on social media, we asked you to tell us something you like about your own body, which I realise is is quite a difficult question, particularly as a British person, I think, to answer because <laughs> we're all so modest. Yes, I don't like to tell people about my perfect booty. I don't like to go on about it, Esther. I know you've got a butt that won't quit. <laughs> but we had some really wonderful responses, some really quite moving. Mm. So are we going to read a few of them out? Um, Susan, would you like to start? Yes, Esther, I would. 
we had a response from Becky Oliver, who replied with, My ankles. And she put, Seriously, I know that's weird, but I do. And I, I, I asked for more. I pressed for more. And uh, I said, What is it about that you love? And she said, She's over 40. Who isn't, darling? And you can still see my ankle bones. And she says, I thank my mum for her bony genetics. Oh. Um, and she said, summer crop trousers are a blessing when you are short and like your ankles. Hooray! Do you know what, Becky? Pick up your ankles. Do you know what? I like my ankles are one part of me that I like because they're very, very slim. <laughs> I've got a very slim ankle. And I've a got slim a slim ankle. A slight, slim, slightly bony ankle as well, Becky. So very I'm nice. with you. I like a, I like a slightly up your ankle trouser as well because it's the one part of me I'm like oh you can look at those all you want I'm not yeah, embarrassed by my ankles little ankle. yeah delicate yeah, well, ankle. and I, ha- I have to say um Becky has had covid this week so oh. I think a bit of a shout out to Becky oh get yes well. get well um, Becky that's but awful. it has meant she's been able to listen to the podcast oh in peace, well then so that's quite good that's great for the covid perks <laughs> <laughs> of covid limited time only what about you Esther who have you got there so I've got Kelly Brown who said my wrists, I love them. It always makes me happy to see a nice bracelet on my wrist. I think the weight from my wrists fell from a great height and landed in my cankles. <laughs> so she's the opposite to Becky. Yes, she's the opposite to Becky. I'm. I feel like that about. I have no bottom, but it all went on my chest. That's what I think. So I. You got I tipped upside down and shook. I got tipped upside down and shook. But I'm sure your ankles are glorious, Kelly. But I love that you love your wrists. Next one. Okay, next one is uh, Charlie Mackenzie Barrow. Hello, Charlie. She says, I like my eyes because they are often very golden and they observe an awful lot more than people think. Also, I like the power my body has, the battles it has fought and continues to fight. Yes. And there's double, double emoji with the little arm, like Popeye, you know, bicep curl continues to fight that's it well well done charlie thank you for sharing that with us thank you charlie the other one i have is from sue who actually left it as an audio message so i'm going to relay it as best as i can because she did it in a in a beautiful way she always hated her boobs she's got a really large chest and she said i always hated my boobs and i thought that i needed a breast reduction and i looked into it and then my mum's friend got breast cancer and had to go in and have her have a mastectomy, a double mastectomy at very short notice. And she said it took her a long time to look in the mirror. And when she did and she saw herself, it made her incredibly emotional. And she and she nearly fainted because it was she'd had no time to process mm-hmm. the lead up to it. And Sue said from that moment forth, she said, I just never thought about I just embraced my my breasts and I was just proud of them and I never thought any more that I want to get rid of them. I, and she said, and they are fantastic norks, she said, um, which they are. I can absolutely attest to that. But um... <laughs> Big up Sue's norks. Oh, that is, that's lovely. Big up yeah. Sue's norks. And the last one I've got here is from Harriet, Harriet Rowlands Roberts, who says, I love my hair. I have big hair, big and curly, big, curly and long. And she says, I've been told I look like anyone from Mini Driver to Michael Bolton, to Slash. That is quite a range. The low point was Chelsea Clinton. I mean, it's just anybody with curly hair she gets compared <laughs> yeah. to by the sounds yeah. of it. And she says, it's my thing. It's me. I find dead wasps in it. And only today, quite a lot of dried blossom. <laughs> I can tie it back and look like I have a furry pineapple on my head. Or I have it down and can headbang with the best of them. Let's hear it for curls. <laughs> Let's hear it for the curls. Woo! Curls! curls. 
girls <laughs> with with blossom and dead bees in. <laughs> got dead yes. bees and blossom in it. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's very natural. Do you know what? So, I, I really think we should all embrace our bodies more and just uh, appreciate them. It's hard sometimes, isn't it? Because we view them with a critical eye, but you know they're, they're where we live, so we should take good care of them. Yes, it's our little home. It's our little home whilst we're here. Thank you all of you for sending in your your stories about things that you love about yourself. We really, really appreciate it. You have been listening to Limited Time Only. If you've enjoyed this episode, then why don't you share it with someone you think would enjoy it too? Please like, follow or subscribe so we can pop into your ears on a regular basis. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. Your glowing reviews will help to shape future episodes and help other people to find us. You can join the Limited Time Only Conversation on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And you can email us hello at limitedtimeonlypodcast.com. We'll be back for more next time. But But for for now, now, your body is fantastic. Booyakasha!